Dímelo, 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 mi gente. How are we doing? You know what time it is. This is episode 112 of the Football Misfits podcast. I go by the name of Ronnie. And joining me this time around is the good brother that Manchester United fans love to hate. The one that Barcelona fans love to despise. Boo. <laughs> uh, the encyclopedia Spetsnaz, the man who has all of the data and all of the funding for the Football Misfits podcast. It's Spencer the Scouser. Spencer, say what's good for the one time. What's going on, everybody? Peace and love. Peace and love. And that includes you, Manchester United and Barcelona fans. And after today, <laughs> Atleti fans too. Now, usually we have LV joining us every intro, but long story short, LV is taking care of a matter that is not my business to tell. We are with LV, we are with our good brother, and knowing him, he would want me to say something like, he made the trip to London as soon as Hillman's son scored a hat trick to kiss the man in the mouth because that's how excited he is. But, do not fear, we have... <laughs> As Spencer from the data desk gets off the rip early with capitalized yo. <laughs> um joining us this time around is we mentioned Manchester United fans hate Spencer and we're joined by one. Some might call him a Manchester United fan, others may say he's a muscle supporter. I am looking at a Molly Ringwald fan, however. It is the good brother, H-Man Coker, please, please say hello for the one time. Yo, 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 what up, everyone? And I just got to say, uh, I'm not an Arsenal fan. This is a long-running joke. Please, I just have Arsenal chances. Please don't shoot me. But still, what up, everyone? <laughs> what was the last jersey you guys wore, by the way? Now, now, now that we're talking about this, I'm kind of curious, because I, I wore a Benfica shirt today, and... I forgot I had that in the closet. So, what, you, what was the last shirt you guys wore? This is Real Madrid, baby. I don't remember like the jersey year, but I wore S Roma jersey this week. Hey. Yeah, I like their jerseys. I'm not a Roma fan, but still, I like their jerseys though. My Benfica shirt was from the 2017-18 season. Nice. Had a little Eusebio patch on the bottom of it. Unlike last time, we're not going to get into MLS like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. thank God. <laughs> <laughs> Instead, we'll talk about the, the big boys competition, i.e. the UEFA Champions League, the competition in which Hassan's team is not partaking in. So, it all got started with a match that I'm sure LV would not have liked, and we're going to stay on the Iberian Peninsula. Boarding beating Tottenham 2 nothing and both goals coming in garbage time. <laughs> Stoppage time. That's yeah, that's the worst. That's crumbling apart, man. That's rough. Do they give him the right amount of extra time? Like they just sometimes I feel like these referees to be stretching the extra time. I, I could see that. Uh, in fairness, I don't know how much extra time they added, but I do know that the first goal was in the 90th and the second goal was in three minutes after the 90th. That's terrible. That is terrible. When you break it down like that, oh, I'm sorry, LV. Sorry to the real Harry. Harry Kane. They were started in first, but now they're in second behind Sporting, who won both of their group matches. 
And then in that group as well is Eintracht Frankfurt and Marseille. They played each other, and that ended in favor of Frankfurt, one nothing in France. The other early game, Inter Milan, beating Vittoria Plessin, 2 nothing, And on to the later games. A lot of 2 nothing here, I'm seeing. I'm liking it. A lot of 2 nothings. Another big 2 nothing was the big one on Tuesday, Bayern Munich and Barcelona. The goals were scored by Lucas Hernandez and Leroy Sané. Hmm. And Barcelona looked like they didn't really show up. At the same time, I did see a lot of, oh, but there might there were some good takeaways for Barcelona. So, I don't know. And this game was sandwiched in between Bayern Munich's shit run in the Bundesliga at this time. But this game right here, um, like the thought for Liverpool in their struggles in the premise, oh, they missed Sadio Mane. Uh, you could flip that and say Bayern Munich are missing Robert Lewandowski in the Bundesliga. But in this game where they're playing against Robert Lewandowski in Barcelona, it's like they just turn it up because, oh, it's Barcelona. We're just going to run riot. Not sure if you guys saw this, but any thoughts on this bit right here, the marquee game of Tuesday? I didn't watch the match, so I'm not going to say I did. Um, Barcelona, I feel like I would think Barcelona would win, but I guess Bayern Munich is up right now. Uh, you remember when Messi made um, Jerome Boateng look crazy? Yeah. <laughs> I would never forget that. Ever <laughs> That's since a classic. That, <laughs> ever since then, Bayern Munich have had like a vendetta against oh, Barcelona. Oh, it's on site. Bayern Munich is like, it's on site every time. Ever, ever since then. And we can't forget the time Bayern beat Barcelona 8-2. They're, they're still not done paying back for what happened to Jerome Boateng. It's not only about Messi either. It's not about Messi anymore. No, but like... <laughs> <laughs> like, I that's funny. The combined score be in like the last five games between them is Bayern Munich 19, Barcelona 4. Wow. It's like playing the JV team. <laughs> and you, you like, like, you're in the college. Oh, wow. Over to no. Barcelona's biggest up, Spencer, your thoughts. It's nice. Sometimes you lose, sometimes you lose, and against Bayern, they lose. It'd be like that sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, it's funny if, like, you still beefing with a team, and the player that you're beefing with is not even there anymore. <laughs> like, I feel like they beefing with the old team now. They're beefing with the old Barcelona team. Yeah, they're beefing with their old man, Lewandowski, Pedri, Gavi. They could all get it. Xavi, the manager, can get it. <laughs> it's not only about Messi. It's surprising, though. Oh, yeah. It's a bit surprising of a result, though. Like, because Barcelona have been playing very well in La Liga, but I don't know what happened. I guess you could say that, but also it's Bayern, and for the struggles in the league, they're still pretty good in the Champions League. They did beat Inter in match day one. So that was always going to be a test for Barcelona. Whether or not Bayern could win at the um, Camp Nou, that's a whole different question. We'll cross that bridge when we Spotify get there. Spotify Camp Nou. Yes, you're right. Spotify Camp Nou, potato, potato. Um, <laughs> that's what I always say. <laughs> another 2 nothing result. And I'm Man. sure OB finally can, you know, read a sigh of relief. Bayer Leverkusen, 2 nothing winners over Atletico de Madrid in their first match in Leverkusen. Both goals coming past the 84th minute with Musa Diaby getting the dagger to C 
steal the 2-0 result, Atletico de Madrid are poo so far in the Champions League. They are sitting, well, they're not poo. They have a win to their name. But um, Leverkusen finally gets off their hump, if you will. But Club Bruges are leaders of Group B, winning both of their matches. They defeated Porto. And that is a bit of a surprise, one of the surprise groups so far. Uh, we'll get to that, like which group surprises us the most in a bit. But also on Tuesday, Liverpool played, Spence. They did play. And excitingly, they got a win. It's <laughs> going to be their, their only game in September, I believe. But it's good that it was a win. And hopefully they can continue to build on that. But shout out to Joel Matzip. What a game, man. What a game from that guy. Not going to lie, though, the Mohamed Kudus goal, the one that just hits the post and just drops into the net, that, that was a good one. This game was very entertaining. A little too entertaining. I like our just, you just need to win. You're cutting it too close. <laughs> a long time coming, eh? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, guys. Uh, I'm just trolling Spencer because Spencer is a Liverpool fan, and I'm happy when they lose. And <laughs> I just, you should have heard him call me last year and just made fun of Liverpool being in Manchester. So when they, when they lose, it just makes my day. Well, I'm happy y'all won this time, man. It's not going to be fun if y'all lose every time. <laughs> what is this? Is. What is this? Get this guy <laughs> out of here. <laughs> it's all fun and games, man. Come on. This is why we get, we get paid the big bucks. <laughs> But yeah, no, uh, Joe must be playing the hero in this match, getting a goal very late to secure the Most three definitely. points for Liverpool, and they and it was a must-win this early in the Champions League group stage. Yes, most of our wins are now becoming must-wins because we don't know where the wins are coming. But it was a very good win. Uh, now I think that leaves us kind of leaves us in a much better position in the in the group to kind of get out of the group and hopefully make a run in this this magical tournament. A magical tournament indeed because match day one against Napoli, it was far from it. Freaking Alexander-Arnold's like a player on FIFA where the control just messes up just watching goals fly by. Uh, What did you make of the front three? Or what did you make of the starting 11 period? I liked it. Um, it's Again, it's it's that when Thiago plays, they play really well. I think it's they're the, like the foundation of the team has evolved where like a player like Thiago just completely excels. So it was just good to see him back and fit and he played well. And then it was good to have uh, Diogo Jota kind of like attack in the middle because he's a very different striker to Firmino and Darwin Nunez hasn't really settled in. So he's a very direct trying to score goals and you kind of saw him um, kind of open up the game a little bit differently. So it was, it was good to see him play. Again, I think it, it's it's tough with um, with all the injuries in the beginning, but a player like Thiago is very good for this Liverpool team because now he kind of like makes them tick. Uh, before he kind of went as like a special addition, but now he's like very integral to how they pro uh, progress attacks. But they're still missing um, Henderson, who helps a lot when Trent is pushed up further because then he tucks back in and takes care of a lot of the defensive work. And I think that's been a bit more highlighted when Hendo's not there to kind of like tuck back in after Trent. Yeah, runs. yeah. And Harvey Elliott is playing really well. But he's that, still very That's young. one thing I yeah, wanted to say. Um, yeah, that's one thing I really wanted to say because, yes, while Hendo is out, Elliott, I feel like, is playing his role quite well, and I'm, I'm happy to see that. 
No, he's playing very well. He's excelling very well. It's just he's young, so you don't want to expect too much from a youngster. Right. But no, right. he's he's taking the minutes and he's he's doing very well with the minutes. I think most of the games he's one of our, our better performers. It's just everything around them is just constantly moving and trying to find their rhythm in the early days of the season. And that's the point of the matter. For all the struggles Liverpool have had, it is early days still. It's their first win since the nine no, since Newcastle. And that was since their last... Newcastle. <laughs> Newcastle. Yo, get it's this a guy different out of here. Newcastle. You're Europa League. Get this guy out of here. <laughs> it's a different Newcastle, in all fairness. And two, we'll talk about Manchester United when their competition gets here, which is not yet. Um, in the meantime, that takes care of the Tuesday matches. Um, one of the matches that was supposed to be on Tuesday, but they pushed it back to Wednesday because of, you know, stuff having to do with the Queen and stuff like that was Rangers and Napoli. And this match was very intriguing because of the ass-whooping Napoli just handed Rangers with a penalty by Matteo Politano to get things going. And then a brilliant goal from Raspadori. And then Man LV is quite familiar with, Tangi and Dumbele. Uh, three goals. To the good, Napoli and Rangers see that match and 3-0. And Napoli are leading that group. Leading group A, six points, a goal difference of six. And this is your competition, Spence. Uh, did you expect this from Napoli? Not at all. Not at all. I didn't expect that to happen at all. You thought it was Liverpool, Ajax, keep it pushing? Pretty much. <laughs> Pretty <laughs> much, but they... It happens, I guess. I don't know. The next match for Liverpool is against Rangers. Early thoughts on that possible matchup. This season has taught me to not count your, do not count points before they've won. So, I'm gonna. I'm not asking you for W well. or L. I'm just asking, what do you make? What do you make of the opposition? At least, like, how would you probably fear? Uh, I imagine after losing by a lot. In your last game, they always come out with a chip on their shoulders, so they'll probably play a lot better. It'll be a much tighter game, and it might be hard for Liverpool unless they just completely outclass them to kind of beat them the way they've been beaten before. So it might be a, a Rangers team with conviction, which is not what we want. A Rangers team with conviction. You'll find that out when these two sides play each yeah. other on October the 4th. Rangers team with something to play for. Well, they're of course they're playing for something in the Champions League, but they don't want to come back off a heavy defeat with another heavy defeat. I hear that, and they have some time to you know before that, because of course there's the international break coming up, and then Champions League will be back October the fourth. Uh, hey, the, um, there's another two nothing result. Uh, Real Madrid against RB Leipzig. Sure, we could talk about the match in and of itself, and I'm gonna get to it, but um. I have to ask, what do you make of Fede Valverde's new hair color? I thought you were going to ask about like how he's playing really well. I mean, hair color is what's making him play this well, and I love it. <laughs> I remember uh, when it came to Sadio Mane, I think the term was the hairline so far back, it makes him aerodynamic. So I didn't say that. I know, LV <laughs> said that. LV. But... <laughs> that sounds like LV, though. <laughs> but he has no he has no reason doing that with his hairline for real. <laughs> <laughs> but, but hey, maybe hair helps the footballer. 
Because this season has been electric. He's been in scintillating form, man. Uh, Just unplayable. Like, he's been amazing every match. Uh, He's the one who started the goals uh, for us the last game. And then that Marco Asensio finish was just... Top, like it, that was, it looked just so easy. Top end, a great finish. But no, Fede's been playing very, very well. Um, he's the one who's been like facilitating a lot of the movements, a lot of the attack, um, pushing things forward. He's been playing excellently, and it's it's hard to believe how they found him so young, and how he's kind of grown so not quickly, but he's he's grown very well into the role that he's playing from either playing. Uh, in the in the front three or playing in the midfield, I think, which is probably where he best plays in the midfield three. He's yeah, I feel amazing. like this season in particular, he's been playing more up top, but he's making the best out of playing on the right wing. Some players when they're playing in like out of position, if you will, not their preferred position, they tend to struggle a bit. But Valverde playing on the right wing, even though like we've known him to be a man, it's pretty good. Can't complain. Yeah, he's been cooking, 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 cooking. And I felt like it was going to take a lot longer for the Madrid midfield, specifically Camavinga and Chuameni, to adapt, especially since Casemiro left the club. But looking at it, they saw something. No, he didn't. I think they saw something in Chuameni where they felt comfortable letting Casemiro go because he's been playing very well. Right, because remember, in their first match against Almeria, he wasn't the best, you could say, but at the same time, it was only it was like first match jitters. They did win the game, but like you said, they might have saw something in him where they're confident in him in the midfield. And here we have it. Yeah, I He's, think that's definitely what happened. Yeah. And he also plays with two elite midfielders next to Tony Cruz and Luka Modric. So I think if, if anything, he can kind of learn from them and push through because he's been he's been very good at such a young age starting from madrid so now it's like all right they're adapting they're they're a good fit and they can play interchangeably if it's not modric playing it's kamavinga if it's not kamavinga it's cruz some of they're picked up on and there's a reason why real madrid haven't lost the game going into the international break hey undefeated baby hey speaking of the red bull machine they were away to Chelsea in the first match under the new manager, Graham Potter. That match resulted in a one-all draw. Raheem Sterling gets the goal to start the second half, and Noah Okafor gets the equalizer 75 minutes in. Uh, all the stats will point to Chelsea, but the set that they care about the most is the scoreline. Uh, Graham Potter's debut. Uh, what, what do we think about Graham Potter? Uh, it's it's tough. So like, has he even had time to like implement his system? But uh, the team he put out on the first go was what looked to be kind of the usual Chelsea players that play. So uh, it's it's early. Um, they didn't lose, so that's good. <laughs> I guess you gotta give gotta give them time and then see how they progress. And that's what's important. And you've had the conversation many a time. Chelsea isn't known for giving their managers time. Thomas Tuchel got sacked. That's like the most recent example. When, let's be honest, he might should not have gotten sacked, but that's that's going to be the key. He needs time to, to get to know the squad. Hopefully this international break, the players who aren't going away, 
that he can work with them. And we'll see how things go, especially leading up to the World Cup. But Salzburg, they're always finding one of those results here and there in Europe that shocks people. Uh, their Twitter feed <laughs> did what Voldemort couldn't and got a result against Potter. That's a whole bar right there. So that was Salzburg and Chelsea to keep that, you know, pretty brief. Other standout matches on Wednesday, Shakhtar followed up their washing of Leipzig with a one-all draw against Celtic. Milan beating Dinamo Zagreb 3-1. This match was interesting to start. Maccabi Haifa and PSG, the hosts were on top 1-0, but then Messi gets it on and popping in the first half. It's 1-1 going into the intermission. Mbappe scores to give them the win, and then Neymar for good measure, 3-1. And I feel like, at least on the surface, all that penalty drama between Messi, not Messi, between Mbappe and Neymar, put to bed. Uh, for, yeah, it looks like it. It looks like it was kind of like settled. Um, so at least we don't see, if there is any uh, disconnect, we don't see it from the outside. It's more like in-house. But um, Which it should be. No, I mean, it's, yeah, usually. It got a bit nasty, so it looks like everyone's, you know, on their P's and Q's, keeping it in-house. And, yeah, because, uh, of course, Champions League is the number one goal for that club. Man City 2-1 winners over Dortmund, getting two goals in the past the 80th. Stones and Haaland. Haaland with some, some karate kick-ass goal, similar to what he did against Schalke in the Bundesliga. Uh, that man is just built different. He's a robot, man. I think Erling Haaland was manufactured. He wasn't born. He was built. He was manufactured. Because uh, the goals he's scoring out of his ass is wild. And he's probably going to break the Premier League goal-scoring record in, like, January. That's how crazy this guy is. And I guess we got to talk about it. On Wednesday, Benfica, uh, they defeated Juventus. Uh, Milik scored a goal for the Bianconetri. It wasn't called off, so there's that. Uh, Joao Mario scores on a penalty just before the half, and Davi Neres scores the game winner almost at the hour mark. Um, Juve is down bad, not just in the Champions League, but also in Serie A. Juve are sitting third, no points from their two matches in the Champions League. Like, it's to the point where I'm already hearing, whoa, whoa. And then in Serie A, the loss today against Monza, a club who had never played Serie A before. This was their first ever win in the league, and it's against Juventus at home. It's just, ah, difficult times. If it means I literally got to go, I literally got to go. You were so quick to talk spicy, Spence. Uh... Juventus, your thoughts? Spicy Spence. <laughs> uh, I mean, I was just mentioning that they have uh, not won as many games as they usually do. So just curious to hear your thoughts on how um, it's it's looking like a tough start for your your usually dominant force. But you, you touched on it. You touched on it. I like how you're filtering out the smoke that you had before the record button pressed. So um, in this instance, I, I'm appreciative of that. 
that takes care of the Champions League. Oh, there's one match I, that I did not get to, and it was the only match that ended goalless. Copenhagen and Sevilla. They played at the Parken in Denmark. And I only wanted to mention it because there's this video going around on Instagram where the Copenhagen fans bought beers for the Sevilla fans. Ain't that some shit? That's very sweet. Look at the Copenhagen fans coming in clutch. It's probably Carlsberg's too. That takes care of the Champions League. And going off of how the groups look right now, we mentioned that Club Bruges leading Group B is a bit of a shock. What is the biggest shock in your guys' eyes? The sporting group is kind of surprising. You would think Spurs would dominate that group. Very good point. And there's a group that LV said the team he was scared of was Marseille, and it turns out it was sporting that did the damage. Of course, Juventus being in a Europa League place at this moment in time is surprising. Well, not, not necessarily to me because of the struggles, but to like the outside looking in, just seeing the name Juventus in third is a bit of a surprise. Um, and maybe in some respects, Group C as well, because everyone was probably thinking Bayern and Inter would be top two. But right now, Barcelona is in the second spot. That is true. Barcelona. Well, that takes care of the Champions League. On to the Europa League. Here comes Hassan. I have no talk about in that it. race. You got to talk about it now. You already know. I got his first goal. Not really my the- guy, but still, he's my guy right now. His first goal of the season comes in the Europa League in Is Moldova it? against Sheriff Tiraspol. Just saying that is wild, no? Right, it is. It is. It is. But um, I'm happy he finally scored, though. Even though it was a penalty, this is going to make him score more goals and come off the bench to play. That's it's just weird talking about Ronaldo like this. I don't know if we're talking about this right now. Ronnie, I don't know if we're going into it. Yeah, let's get into it. I'm just saying, um, Jaden Sancho has been playing well. Shout out to that guy. He got a goal in this match as well. Yeah, he's been playing very well. I feel like um, I feel like the team is waking up. They're realizing the people that used to think they're not football players, they're realizing, hey, man, I'm a football player. So I feel like they're playing better, and I feel like they're all – that all helps from putting Ronaldo in the... Please don't shoot me any Man United play when I say this. But it all helps from putting Ronaldo on the bench and coming from the bench because I feel like it's making the team play together more. It's yeah, making... even though he started this match... Yeah, he did, though. I, I'm trying to ask now. Like, but he didn't find... He was not the one that got fouled. Like He wasn't moving the ball like everyone else. So I'm thinking, like... Should he start him now since he scored in the first his first um starting match in a long time? You would you start him if you put him back in the English Prem? Well, let's take a look at Manchester United's upcoming matches. They play Manchester City as soon as the international break. Oh my god. So I honestly looking at that, I don't think Ronaldo's gonna start that. I I just don't. Yeah. Harry Maguire doesn't start anymore. Yeah, yo, that's the biggest. He was just the captain. I'm just the captain. captain. <laughs> <laughs> Not just the captain, but he was just captain. <laughs> like, he's, I don't know. I've never seen a captain coming off the bench like that. I like what um, the team is doing, though. They're moving players around. And I'm sure you're a fan of Anthony. Yeah, of course, man. Come on. I like that guy. I like how the team is looking right now. It's like a lot of young legs that can move the ball. And that's what Manchester United needs. Like, they need. Yes. To rejuvenate. And Eric Ten Hag is doing My guy. 
he's my, making the lineup his, and he doesn't care what anyone has to say about it. He's a great guy. Why would you bench Ronaldo? Hey, man, I'm trusting the process. Their first win in the Europa League after losing to Real Sociedad. Yeah. Other matches in the Europa League. Shout out to the Madden Benza. His French Vados got a 1-0 win at Monaco. Moving on up, Lazio got smoked 5-1 by Midgetland. Roma, they got a 3-0 win over HJK of Finland. Paolo Dybala and Lorenzo Pellegrini scoring within two minutes of each other. And Andrea Bellotti finds the score sheet as well. Real Betis got a 3-2 dub. Braga defeated Union Berlin. We didn't see Marcelo, but Olympiacos played and they fell to Freiburg 3-0. Um, I'm going to ask you, Spence, because their recent transfer in was Hamas. He used to play for your club. Just the rise and fall of Hamas, it's wild to me. Yo, I think the last rise and fall I've seen like this was Oscar. Oscar, Oscar. The one who used to play at Chelsea? The one who used to play at Chelsea, mm. then went to China? Yeah, similar. It's similar in their downfalls. And I think the difference is they yeah, both played at the 2014 World Cup, but Hamas was just that guy at that World Cup. He had the dog in him, as the memes say. And then to go from that to playing in Qatar to playing for Olympiacos is just wild. Not for real, but he also, I don't know what it was, but he did have a couple chances to kind of pick up the form after Madrid. He had Bayern, I think he had Everton, kind of like big level clubs, but I guess he couldn't refine that form. That's tough because he was a very exciting player. The good thing is Olympiacos, they're not in the Liverpool, Man United, Real Madrid level, but Olympiacos is still a big enough club where it's respectable. And maybe he can have a bounce back with Olympiacos, with the Greek Giants. Maybe he could lead them deep in the Europa League. We don't know. It's just a wild story. All the best to Hamas at Olympiacos. Again, they lost 3-0 to Freiburg. And lastly, it's the Europa Conference League, the Weenie Hut General. West Ham 3, Silky Borg 2. West Ham having to play damn near in Narnia this match. But that's what you get, specifically in Denmark. And the other match, it's Fiorentina getting the ass bust 3-0 by Istanbul Basakshi here. I mean, I don't know how Fiorentina are bottom of their group right now. But, hey, man, we'll talk more about it when they make it to the knockout stage of this competition. We'll see if they do. Uh, apart from that, on to the weekend. Uh, unfortunately, Manchester United didn't play, so we don't get to talk about them anymore. To um, H-Man's dismay. I know, sadly. Manchester United, Red Devils all day. I'm still here, though. Spencer, your club didn't play either. Probably they better. They didn't. Kind of gives them more time on the training pitch. And let players recover, which is, I think, good. But that being said, what matches did you guys see this weekend? Or at least, you know, dip and dabble in. When did um, Madrid and Atletico play? Today. Yeah. <laughs> that caught my eye. Just because I like the battle of the Madrids. I want to see who's, who's going to win the Madrids. I said I called it the Madrids. Was that a 2-1 match? It was a 2-1 match. Real Madrid getting the win there. The real Madrid won. You know it, man. The real Yo, I, You know, I got to be real. I'm going to say in the fleet misfits right now. Um, 
I'm still a Man United fan, but I did love Real Madrid when David Beckham went there for a little bit. I liked it. It was cool watching them. Ace man with the nostalgia. <laughs> that was the that was the Michael Jordan David Beckham. <laughs> Back in 23. <laughs> so this match ended, like we mentioned, 2-1 favor of Real Madrid and Rodrigo was a beautiful feed from Oh, I saw that. Oh my god, that goal was spectacular. The setup of that goal was just yeah. phenomenal. Right. He owned he owes him dinner for the rest of the week. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he landed right there on his foot. And he like he chipped it so well. And, and then Alberti also got the second goal for Madrid. He cleaned up off of Vinicius's shot off the post yeah. one time, hits it. And again, like we mentioned in yeah, the Yeah, what were the defenders, yo? That ball, I feel like they could have cleared out. For him to get a second chance like that, that was a clear second chance, you know? And he was by himself, by the way. Yeah, he was by himself just chilling. <laughs> they deserve to get scored on like that. They didn't and like to... you mentioned, Valverde has been hot this season. So Mario Hermoso all got the consolation goal for Atletico de Madrid. Um, thoughts on the match in and of itself before we talk about the more serious bit, Spencer? It was good to see Madrid win, um, the Real Madrid. Right, uh, right, right. Now they're... <laughs> Continuing on the season undefeated, um, the young players are continuing to show out, play well. Uh, it's that guy again, uh, Mr. Valverde, uh, continuing to excel, um, kind of putting his stamp on this on this Madrid side where they don't have Benzema uh, playing very well. And it's it's good to see them win, and they're continuing to excel, especially with this undefeated record to start the season. The only team in the European top five leagues to be unblemished. How long will they keep this up? All season. Not a lot of confidence. Respect <laughs> it. I mean, when it comes to Spencer, I, I get confused with confidence and cockiness. But yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry, Spencer. I gotta talk about this. Um, if you guys could go back to episodes of the Afcon, <laughs> Spencer talked about Ghana, and I was like so confident for Ghana. I'm sorry, Spencer. I'm saying this. Don't kill me. I was so confident for Ghana. And then when someone told me Ghana lost, they like, well, Ghana was losing. I was like, no way. My homie was very confident for them. It's like your confidence really would sell me into believing in teams, like, even if I'm not watching the match. Like, that's a, that's a super sane confidence, man. Respect to that. Can't be lying. You got to take away every game they play. <laughs> no, I respect it. Or at least not lose. Well, we, there we have it. Now, going back to the match here, it's a rivalry game. It's a derby. The two teams, same city, Madrid derby. Obviously, there's going to be a lot of buildup. But this week, the buildup for this match was ratcheted up a notch when Coque was, you know, asked about Vinicius's celebrating and his dancing. And it it went from... It went from a simple interview to just straight-up nastiness. What Koke originally said, there would be trouble for sure. That is to be expected if, in the end, he scores and he decides to dance. Well, it's what he wants to do. That provoked a response by someone on El Chiringuito, that infamous Spanish program where they talk spicy 
about Spanish football. I don't even know what American or what English show is that similar, where they're just wild. But this guy, Pedro Bravo, who is the current president of the Association of Spanish Agents, quote, again, I'm quoting here, this does not reflect the views of myself, Spencer, or Man Coker. It's all what Pedro Bravo had to say. Vinicius will have to respect the opponents. If you want to dance, go to the Samba Drome in Brazil. In Spain, you have to respect rivals and stop playing the monkey. Stop playing the monkey? What? Yeah. You see where the, you see what the issue is here. Wildin'. Wildin'. The player is black. You use monkey in this context, and it opens the door for all the nastiness and all the racists to come at Vinicius for just dancing at the end of a goal. And like he did it at when he scored against Mallorca, and now everyone's looking at him sideways. He went back and apologized that agent. I want to clarify that the expression playing the monkey that I misused to qualify Vinicius's goals to celebration dances was done metaphorically. Since my intention was not to offend anyone, I sincerely apologize. I am sorry. That's what Bravo said on Twitter. And just before you get into this, Vinicius's comments on Instagram, I'm getting this from straight off of ESPN FC. They say happiness annoys them. The happiness of a black Brazilian victorious in Europe annoys them much more. I was a victim of xenophobia and racism in a single statement, which is facts. But none of that started yesterday. A few weeks ago, they began to criticize my dances. They are dances to celebrate the cultural diversity of the world. Accept it. Respect it. I will not stop dancing with love and the smiles of someone who is very happy. Vinny Jr. Hashtag Bailavini. H-Man, the floor okay. is yours. Okay. Respect, man. I'm going to follow that man after this. Um, Literally. But still, I feel like what he said was really up to the T. I feel like sometimes they don't want to see you as happy, like, like doing well in, like, what I call the Western countries. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, like, how well you do. They, someone is going to feel. Someone, this Caucasian, might feel some type of way. And in that sense right there, him saying go back to, whenever someone from a Western country say go back to this or go back to your country, sound a little slave masterish. <laughs> it's never not gonna sound like, I wish you go back to like some slave master type of thing, business. And you know what I mean? Like, it's like, I just look at it like, it's very disrespectful. And you were just using the plane, <laughs> play with my monkey metaphorically. That's crazy. They be knowing what they're saying when they say things like that, but you got to know, like that's referred to. That's a comment that's kind of really, really messed up. I remember when like they were doing it to Henry and um back in the day, and then like they were like, "No, we just didn't mean to like compare you guys to monkeys or baboons and things like that." But I'm happy um the world is checking them right now because that's a crazy comment to say to a black Brazilian player. For Vinicius's credit, he's only 22, and he handled that quite maturely. Right, right. I'm like, like what he said is really like you're gonna. You just have to live your life, you know. You just got to be having fun and live your life. Like he's not paying in no mind. It seems like it's not eating him up, you know. It's just like yeah, I'm gonna do me. I'm gonna do what I'm doing. 
you could hate like he could be the president of whatever <laughs> you could hate on me whatever but i like what, how he's moving to real madrid's credit they're defending vinnie jr hard they said they'll they'll sue anybody who's engaging in this racial discrimination of vinnie jr nice good on real madrid for defending their men's and it's a goal celebration one thing that I'm seeing a lot of people say is, if you don't want him dancing, don't let him score. <laughs> simple. simple as that. Spencer, your club, your thoughts. You guys have hit all the points. I don't think there's there's much left to say. Again, you don't want a, a young player um, put in those kind of tough, uncomfortable situations just when they're they're playing a sport they love and trying to express that joy uh, after they score a goal, which is one of the hardest parts in playing a soccer game so you never want to see kind of that that negative taint that negative light kind of put on a player uh, and taken to such to such levels but Vinicius responded very well it's very good how the the team um, players family are supporting him which is what you love to see kind of in moments of negativity it's it's always beautiful to see who has your back and who's supporting you and it's, it's amazing that the club is supporting and again amazing that uh, Brazilian legends, shout out to Pele, are offering their support and letting him know he's not alone because a lot of times um, some of those situations can be very stark to such a young player and, it, and make you feel quite a bit alone from um, yeah. kind of players retelling their experiences. So it's, it's very comforting to see that he has the support and things like this don't go unnoticed. Yo, El Chiringuito had the whole of Brazil mad. Like the whole of Brazil, everyone on the national team. Wow! So Pella reached out too. Yeah, like, that's amazing. It, it was just like, all right, Brazilians assemble, and they did. Everyone had his support, of course. Like that's very tone deaf. Even if it's like a Spanish saying, if you will, you got to read the room. You're talking about Vinicius dancing. Clearly, he's a black player. You're not gonna just say that. Yeah. About like, choose your words carefully. Yeah. And as going back to Koke, which started this whole shit, while he didn't say anything that was directly racist, it opened the door for all of this to come out. He does need five minutes of hearing this bit. And I do appreciate the president of Atletico de Madrid, Enrique Cerezo, you know, trying to clean things up a bit. He said, if Vinicius dances, I'm going to ask him to teach me how to do the samba. Players express themselves the way they want to and that's the point so it's cultural too exactly and that is exactly what Vinicius said yeah now again removing all the racial aspects from it going back to the thoughts of Koke not liking an opponent dance or whatever long-time listeners of this podcast would have heard us talk about Tony Cruz hating on Aubameyang celebrations wearing the Black Panther masks it, it felt like that a little bit like why do you care? But if it was me, I would be learning more cultural dances. Because when I score, oh, <laughs> when I score, it's over for y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have a whole band in the stands, just ready, just like to, to pop me up, so I could like do mad cultural. Oh, and by the way, Vinny Junior did dance today. He didn't score, but when Rodrigo scored, him and Vinicius, they were doing a little samba two step. Let's go. Let's oh go. <laughs> Let's be 100% honest. They got the rhythm. They got the flow. 
Yo, yeah, I'm they do. Mad. They do. <laughs> so that takes care of that bit right there. Um, again, we don't want to talk about that bullshit, but at the end of the day, you know, once racists come out, we gotta we gotta talk about it. We gotta condemn it. And all the people yeah. who were calling Vinny Jr. as a monkey outside of the Wanda, y'all are all scumbags. And one thing about Europe, man, it would always be racist. It's in Spain, no. and maybe you don't see it often in Spain, yeah. but it really shows that's <laughs> left for France. Ugly. Yeah, they could right, do it too. France or England and yeah. Germany, but like, at least for me, I rarely see it in Spain, but it came out in enforced and it was disgusting but good thing we're shooting that down yeah that's true elsewhere in la liga uh a result lv is not gonna like rayo vallecano losing 3-2 to athletic club both williams has scored iñaki and nico the two brothers teaming up rather falcao got a late consolation as well barcelona three nothing winners over elche a Lewandowski brace and Memphis Depay scoring. I saw a little bit of Real Sociedad and Espanol. That match on a 2-1 in favor of the Basque team. And we gotta we gotta give credit to Real Betis. Apart from the loss to Real Madrid, they've been hot. Five wins, one loss, ten goals, four, four against, fifteen points, third place at the moment. Going on to Germany quickly on the Bundesliga. Dortmund, Yusufa Makoko got the game winner against Schalke in the revival of the Riviere Derby. Also, another one nothing result. Augsburg defeating Bayern Munich 1 nothing. Again, it's Bayern Munich not being able to buy a win in the league. <laughs> Three draws and a loss. They're sitting in fifth place right now, 12 points. But the leaders are Union Berlin. Two nothing winners over Wolfsburg. They reclaim top spot in the Bundesliga. 17 points. Is this the year Bayern doesn't win? What do you guys think? After using that analogy, can't buy a win. Hey, man, you can't beat those bars, right? No. I almost said bars, baby, out here. But yeah, I don't think they might win still. I know you don't buy this uh, early season hype, Spencer. No, I think it's they've just been so dominant for so long that maybe maybe they don't win, but I need to see it happen. I can't I can't count them out. They More just, consistency, yeah. <laughs> uh, just to like give you an idea, I think Thomas Miller has won like thirty four trophies at Bayern, and I think he's thirty five. So like something like that. I don't know. The odds are they usually win, so we'll just see how they win. But if they don't win and someone else kind of usurps them to break the the stranglehold, then more power to that team, and it'll be really good to see. So I guess we. I'm, I'm curious to keep watching, but it's it's hard to count against Bayern just because they've done it. No, but it'd so be long. great though if like they don't make it there, right? Because they're like a great no, team. Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. yeah like to see someone new come up, that's like not. I like seeing underdogs beat big teams. I feel like Dortmund would be the team people would pick to win if it's not Bayern. I honestly would like to see someone who's not Dortmund win either. Yeah, like, yeah. I want a new team for real. Like, I just like with those leagues, it's good seeing new teams like pop up. I just want to see like a team that I could like learn about for the next years, you know? In Italy right now, it might be Napoli because they're in top spot of Serie A. 
level on points with Atalanta. They're in first based off goal difference of two more goals in Atalanta. Napoli defeated Milan 2-1 today. Politano and Gio Simeone getting goals. Mm. And then Atalanta, they defeated Roma 1-0. That's all they needed. And Inter, they also took a, a heavy defeat, 3-1 to Udinese. And what? Udinese, they're sitting third in Serie A. And for the ass whooping Lazio took in the, in the Europa League, they're in fourth. Oh. With all the favorites to be top four this year, Milan, Roma, Inter, and Juve, all not in European positions right now. So, so it's at the moment, team. so many underdogs in the top four. I, we know damn well, City I was not going to end this way. <laughs> we just know, maybe Napoli would win it, but like, for Udinese to be in third place right now is not ending that way. So far, so exciting in Serie A. Napoli leaders, maybe they can hold it on. I say they won't even make Europe, but look at me looking crazy. And even in the Premier League, uh, Arsenal are still the leaders of the league. That's so weird, isn't it? Like It's like, I mean, they, they did start off well. Like I think the first part of the season, they would be up for a while. I have too many Arsenal cousins that I can't say this. Hey, mind, I'm gonna go on mute. I'm gonna go on mute. <laughs> hey man, if your cousins want to you know give you five minutes on the phone, they're well in their right. But Yo, um, Spencer met one of my um cousins that's an Arsenal fan. Shout, shout my guy Mustafa. Um, oh yeah, yeah, he did not like yeah. that Man United Arsenal game. Did not pick up his phone all day. I'm sorry, bro, but. Hey, Arsenal's doing well, though, still. It's like the last highlights I saw of them, they won again. And I feel like they're going to, for the first season, first yeah, part they of the season, they're going to be leading. Yeah, yeah, they did. Um, hey, man, their next game, Arsenal, after the international, is against Tottenham. Tottenham should be looking to get the next W. They're still hanging on to third place right now. And... I quickly want to talk about their game against Leicester City on the weekend because for Hillman's son to be on the bench because he's not producing on the field. Oh, never put that guy on the bench. You never know. <laughs> but he just looks so determined every time. I'm hey, sorry. man. It just looks like I'll count him. No, that, that goes right into my point. Conte put him on the bench because, you know, he's not producing. Maybe, you know, it'll light something in him. And it did because the man got a hat trick. In like 15 minutes. First of all, that's the nicest player I think in the entire league. Oh, he's a fan favorite at Tottenham. So nice. Premier League, period. <laughs> when I see his videos, I'm like, you know what? I don't want to hang out with this guy. He's like, he's the, he makes, I feel like for soccer players, like you could be, you could be nicer than, you're not playing hockey, you know? So, <laughs> like, show your niceness, show you like you want, but there's some of them. No one wants to be like a Zlatan or whatever. So I respect him. I respect him a lot. And the goals he scored, the first two in particular, those were just straight up bangers, curlers on either side of the post. Those were like so pristine, so brilliant. And then the third goal, which needed VAR. 
he could have laid it off to Harry Kane, who was on his right, but he's like, I need this. Okay, I need this. I got it. I respect it. Scored it. Ref Ray waves for offside. VAR check. Goal stands. Hat trick confirmed. Uh, shouts to Peter Drury, man, the commentator um, on NBC. The manager just has a way with words. He, he could describe this from famine to feast for <laughs> and men. And hey, man, it, 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 it was really like that because he didn't do shit this season. Only an assist. And then he just drops a hat trick on y'all. I love you, that. Whoever had him on the fantasy team, he definitely racked up points this week. Had to shout out Hunt Sonny. He, he's, for as nice as he is, he's still underrated for how good of a player he is. We keep on saying this time and time again. Harry Kane, Eric Dyer, and Rodrigo Bentancourt also scored for Tottenham. Uh, the real Harry and not Harry Styles. As it was. <laughs> thoughts on this and the Premier League as a whole. Nah, like Hassan was saying, him and Son seems to be like one of the nicest players. So it's happy to see him um, kind of find his way back into form with a hat trick, nonetheless. Uh, just good to see him start to play well again. And then now this Totten team looks quite scary, um, kind of with most of their players firing on all cylinders. Um, aside from that game, I didn't get a chance to catch too many other games uh, this weekend for the Prem. Liverpool aren't playing, so yeah. But <laughs> this first game, that was it was good to see you, Mingsan, uh get to come up and kind of perform very well, kind of add some more confidence to his game and keep them running because I think that they have a very tough matchup coming up soon. So it's going to be interesting how they they get that, how they get ready for that upcoming game. You mentioned Liverpool, and it just reminded me that the women's Super League came back this weekend. And Liverpool, they defeated the defending champions, Chelsea. I had to, you know, put that out there. Shouts to the Liverpool women. That's how you come back. That's how you come back. Yeah, I love how when you guys talk about women's soccer, man, especially English-wise, respect. You guys covered the Euro OD. Like, I love how you covered the Euro. Because yeah, you yeah. asked me that question, is it coming home? And I'm like, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> 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 I would, At that time, I just watched the... Was it like was it nine zero or seven? Eight zero, England. Eight zero. Yeah, I was watching that in a pub there, and I remembered when you hit me with that, and I was like, "Let me not say anything. I don't want to jinx it, because you never know till you know." That's what something England soccer has taught us. Hey Amen. But something that English women taught us was anything is possible. In it. <laughs> Word to Margaret Thatcher. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, maybe not her, but. I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, guys. Um, so, no, but um, I say that to say that the women's super league came back, and Liverpool they got a they got a win, and they just got promoted back into the league. Shouts to them. Chelsea got a loss in the opening match, which is an upset for sure. And it's gonna be between them and Arsenal this year. Um, Arsenal they washed Brighton for nothing. Beth Mead got a brace. Shouts to friend of the pod, Charlotte, for her preview of the WSL. Do check that out at On Her Side, one on Instagram. Get all the links there. The Chelsea women might look at that result and think it was BS, don't you think? Most definitely. But um, Chelsea's men is back right now. Are they doing good? Hey, man, they did draw in the Champions League. So. Uh, uh. 
And maybe you could say them suffering is BS. <laughs> hey, so, I, since Frank Lamb, like, was I, I don't care about Chelsea. I'm sorry. I don't care about Chelsea. But and any Chelsea fan listening might think what you're saying right now is BS. And <laughs> you might. Wait, Moore is a Chelsea fan. Shout out my guy, Moore. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> saying this. And he might. <laughs> <laughs> And, and what I'm trying to get at is it's that time, don't you think? For Chelsea to do what? To come back? No, I meant BS of the week. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want Chelsea to come back. I personally don't care. They they ruined Fernando Torres. But... Oh my God, talk about a ruin. <laughs> oh my God, don't get me started with that guy. Talk about a ruin. That guy was a top tier player. <sighs> I'm going to go mute. It is BS of the week time thank you for that intro to this h-man jesus christ but it's facts it's facts i mean i'm gonna ask this question knowing the result what is your bs of the week spence i have no bs of the week this week bullshit <laughs> i got some shout outs though no bullshit you said todd bowley wanting an all-star game was bs oh yeah but it's not happening so i mean that's not really but the thought of it is bs <sighs> He's, to be fair, he's just putting ideas out there, but I don't think it'll happen. What about when he said Mo Salah was in the Chelsea Academy? He's just wrong. I don't, it's, like, it's not really he's just that's not right. Like neither but, is Kevin De Bruyne in their academy. True, but we gotta call that BS for not knowing. No, nah, it just looks hilarious. How do you buy a team and not know how the academy is supposed to work? <laughs> BS of the week could be hilarious. We'll tell you guys here my BS of the week. Go. Wait, <laughs> wait, no, I didn't want to interrupt it. I just wanted to say that and go back to mute. No, I mean, Spencer, I mean, he, he's being reluctant right now, so we pretty much got through it. Go, h one Um, please, please. I'm just going to shout it out right now. I'm just going to speak it from the chest. It's okay, guys. It's fine. It's cool. My BS of the week is this the English Prem games that were canceled, but... This my BS of the week. I would have loved to watch those games. Like, if the Queen was alive, she would have wanted those games to happen. That's all I had to say. That actually leads to my BS of the week. They suspended all of English football last weekend because the Queen passed. There was a non-league game that took place. <laughs> Sheffield International took on Byron House in a friendly on last Saturday when football was postponed. The FA said no football allowed. That means you guys too. So the league that they play in called the District Fair Play League said that the friendly that they played was despicable. To which the Sheffield International FC went to Twitter and they were they were on they were on smoke. Because the Queen died, we will not be playing our league game against Byron House tomorrow morning at 10.30 a.m. We will instead be aiming to play a friendly tomorrow morning against Byron House kickoff 10.30 a.m. <laughs> Look at this. This is so funny, man. Because, uh, again, Sheffield International posted and then later they said, update. Someone snitched on us, so now the friendly is off. So <laughs> Which is crazy because... You snitched on yourself, technically. You said you were playing a friendly on Twitter, but mm. sure, someone snitched on you. 
So we're having the training session tomorrow morning, 10.30 a.m. If that gets canceled, we'll have a game of rugby, seeing as that's deemed respectful enough. Byron House more than welcome to come along. Just remember to maintain social distancing at all times to ensure, wait a minute, we're not in a pandemic anymore, are we? All right. Silly bullies. Everyone turned up in their match kit. Wow, Byron House has arrived. Fancy seeing them here. That was funny. Um, I guess Sheffield International has to get BS for saying that someone snitched on them when they put on Twitter that they were playing a game anyway. Did they forget that part? That's what I'm saying. But more to the point, the fact that they can't even play a friendly. Right. Doesn't mean shit. I really think um, sometimes like football and like England is like it's definitely a way of life. It's like breathing to people. So like it's still someone's um schedule to watch those games. I think stopping it at that time and making another low tier team play is just it doesn't make sense to me. Oh, and I'm not even done with that because apparently Eton College they were allowed to play their game even though the FA said you can't play. Eton College and Rosal School ignored the ban and they played their football anyway. And apparently it's a quote prestigious college. Of course they are. Sure. Uh funny how things work for some and not others. Right. That is my BS of the week. I wonder if they knew someone in the royal family. Hey man. Um, I mean all the way it was handled was wild. Like I said, I particularly did not care because there's other football around. I didn't miss the Premier League, even though there was like a game or two that I would have liked to have watched. Yeah, and that's the safe um, safe part you can see on that one. There's another other leagues like playing. Like right, this. so I didn't miss the Premier League as much as some people just like didn't know what to do with their lives. But that's my take on it. That's my you know, take. some people only watch that though from like those parts. Like... All right, uh, and like I said, like I said last week, it's not the end of the world. <laughs> no, I, I understand. You know, but you know how the English man takes football, though. Like, they kind of like it's they in the line of fanatics sometimes and extremists sometimes, and sometimes oh, I feel really? like you you just gotta be in front of that and you just gotta leave it because if you because I feel like what they be doing is sometimes is so oh like it's it's out of pocket. Like some of the things they do is you say, okay, relax. But that is my BS of the week to put a pin on it. Spencer, you are free to share your shout outs. Make sure you shout, shout me out, man. Fede Valverde, oh. not Hassan. Fede Valverde. <laughs> <laughs> uh, shout out to Hassan for pulling up with us today. You yeah, really thank you. Thank you. Fan and an Arsenal <laughs> fan, and you love them both equally. No, I Thanks don't. That's a rumor. I plead the fifth. That's a rumor. <laughs> Thanks for pulling up, bro. Shout out to Fede and Hassan. <laughs> yes. I'll force my shout out in there. Let's go. Yeah, shout out to the man. And, and it was short notice, too, that we hit you up. No, like, yeah, of like, course, man. I'll be taking a nap right like, now, but We're like, hey, even though it's 3 o'clock, uh, do you mind pulling up to the park this week? And we appreciate you for pulling up. Every time, man. The best football podcast in the world the foodie misfits listen if you're not listening to them you need to clean your airwax because you need to listen appreciated share your socials one time um. oh yeah my socials 
H Man Coke on the Instagram, H M A N C O K E R on the Twitter. My, I'll give you my Facebook even. H Man Blood Diamond Coca. That's the only one that's different. But shout out to the Blood Diamonds. The Blood Diamonds. Check out my music on Spotify, H Man Coca, Spotify, Apple Music, all that. Yeah. See you guys we're, soon. We're still listening to that Sydenham Hill. Yo, yeah. New, new stuff coming out soon. I know I've been saying that, but it's coming out. We're looking forward to it when it does come out. Again, thank you for pulling up. Check out the H-Man wherever he just said to find him. And we appreciate you all for listening to episode 112 of the Football Misfits. 112? I'm sorry. Wow. You guys should write out with a 112 song from Bad Boy. Amen. Episode 113 is right around the corner for the Good Brothers H-Man, the Blood Diamond. The Blood and Diamond. <laughs> and booyaka, booyaka. Edward was so good. And sent to the scouts. I go by the name of Ronnie. We'll see you then. I'll go out my youth. I'll be we love you, fam. We'll see you next week. Adios, everybody. Der er, der er